Welcome to the 100th regularly scheduled episode of EG Like Sunday Morning. That's right, we have remarkably been with you for breakfast on 100 of your Sunday mornings, plus two bonus Christmas mornings. And joining me for this special centenary edition, I'm delighted to welcome senior writer Julia Cahill and reporter Shante Bahitigay. How are you both? Very well, thanks Jess, yeah. Devastated not to have had any snow, but yeah, otherwise good. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah. Still have some lingering on the ground here, but otherwise it is it is being washed away by rain. Um, so now, as much of an occasion as 100 whole entire episodes of EGLSM may be, it was not uh, the biggest event in the calendar this week. Uh, that, of course, had to be International Women's Day on Wednesday, 8th of March. And Julia, uh, you marked that uh, a very important date with some some inspirational messages uh, for the future female leaders of real estate from some of the current ones across 10 pages of our magazine. So tell us all about it, how you went about it and, and uh, what, what readers can expect. Thanks, Jess. Yeah, well, we, we wanted to try and do something a bit different this year to mark International Women's Day. Um, and so we invited 14 women to pen letters to young women considering a career in real estate to really explain what the opportunities are out there and perhaps um, tackle some of the some of the obstacles as well and the um, you know, sort of historic structural sort of issues with the with the sector that might put them off um, and so on. So we have a fantastic list of women um, all in leadership roles, um, which in itself sort of illustrates, I think, sort of how far the industry has, has come um, in terms of inclusion and diversity. Um, I won't give away all of the names <laughs> right, right now, um, but they do include um, Catherine Webster, PFP Capital, Emma Carriaga at British Land, Sadie Morgan at DRMM, um, Emma Goodford, Knight Frank, Stephanie Hyde at JLL. So that's just gives you the flavour of the sort of calibre of people that were um, that took part in this. And um, I have to say that we we invited more people than we thought would actually take part, but actually everyone wanted to do this. Um, mm. So that was that was really really great. Um, and it's not just puff about the sector; they're very sort of candid letters that they've written um, to to people who might be considering a, a career in property. Um, Catherine, for example, um, you know, points out that there does there does remain um, conscious and unconscious bias in the sector, um, and she sort of advises you know people to really look for companies that um, have a, an inclusion and diversity policy. Um, and simply avoid those companies that don't um, when you're sort of looking, you know, at, at the outset of your career. Um, Emma Carriaga um, talks about how she um, has um, looked to use um, uh, her position as a, as, a, as a female in a male dominated industry to her advantage by offering a different viewpoint. Um, but she hopes that gender will, you know, in time become irrelevant. Um, so, you know they're 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 very candid and um, open about um, what the, you know the, the sector is like, um, but and very very positive and encouraging about the sort of huge range of opportunities um, on offer. Um, Emma Goodford, for example, talks about um, you know the, being able to make a difference, a tangible difference, um, in this sector. Um, Amal uh, Delmonico at Patrizia um, talks about opportunities to uh, address climate and social challenges um, through jobs in real estate. 
and um, by creating more inclusive places, for example. Um, and Sadie Morgan um, urges sort of people starting out on their careers or thinking about their careers not to be defined by the, the crises that we find ourselves facing, sort of um, climate and social. And, and she says instead, you know, we should be trying um, to define those crises ourselves by um, the actions that, that we choose to take. So that's her, her sort of message to young people looking at careers and thinking about coming into this industry. And she talks about, you know, that the, the raft of sort of opportunities there are to, to address those sort of crises. So they're, they're really encouraging, really honest. And I think it's a, um, a feature to share with others and um, pass on to people that, you know, you might know who are, who have, um, younger um, uh, generations coming th through thinking about careers so it's a good read and I should also highlight that our editor Sam McClary has added a 15th letter in her in her leader about about the industry from her perspective as well so there's an extra one for your money too. Sam who uh, hopefully as we speak is peddling her way furiously uh, somewhere between here and Cannes uh, so yes uh, Fantastic. But of course, um, Julia Shante, you are no less inspirational than our, our 14 slash 15 correspondents. So, so what are your messages for any uh, young women who, who may happen to be listening to EGLSM this, this morning? Gosh, that's such a good question, Jess. That's a um, great question. <laughs> I'm stalling. I'm stalling. <laughs> um, I, I think that point about having a, a different voice to contribute in in discussions whether that's you know about development sort of design I think really yeah har harnessing that ability to offer something different in the conversation is something not to be underestimated younger generations male and female have that you know have have a lot to offer and it and shouldn't feel sort of um inhibited to contribute yeah I would second that I think I would say it's important to just know that you're making a difference and that what, what you're saying does matter. The fact that you just have a seat at the table in, in a male dominated industry is a really big deal in itself. And I think sometimes it's really easy to get in your head about things and maybe think that your voice doesn't count as much. But in not internalising those things is really important and knowing that just by just by being there and, and sharing your opinions in your voice you're actually helping and you're making a difference and uh, Julie you mentioned how the, the letters talk about the many different avenues that, that people can pursue in in the sector and of course one of those avenues is writing about real estate which uh, you both of course do uh, par excellence every week so um, Shante uh, by way of example uh, this week uh, tell me all about your EG interview with uh, Zach Goodman uh, founder of Real Estate Investor and Manager TSP. Uh, and uh, please do explain to me what a portfolio play is. <laughs> yes, Jess. So this week I sat down uh, with Zach Goodman, who, as you say, is the founder of Real Estate Investor TSP. Um, we had a great chat about all things uh, office investment related and had a good chat about the market at the moment. Mm. So, um, yeah, Zach's a former six time countdown winner. Um, oh, wow. And also a former investment banker. So, um, yeah, he's got a, a great career history. So um, he started at Goldman and he spent five years there doing foreign exchange trading. 
And then he decided that corporate life just wasn't for him. Um, a friend recommended that he read Spencer Johnson's self-help book, um, Who Moved My Cheese? And he said that that was kind of the catalyst for him deciding he wanted to leave his job and start his own company. So um, in 2009, it was sort of peak financial crisis time. Um, he decided he was going to leave and set up TSP, which was originally management focused. Um, and that was with his business partner, uh, Yoni Abramson. And um, yeah, and then really they were struggling because they kind of thought no one wants to give us money. It's a really hard time. What are we going to do? Um, they identified that charities were really underserved sector in the market at the time. And so they kind of focused uh, on that at the start. And then they transgressed into investment. So they started North Hill, which was their first investment business. Um, and that company transacted around 500 million worth of deals over the next few years. So that was kind of when he decided investments where I want to be. That's really interesting. They still have the obviously management platform in TSP, but over the years, TSP has evolved and now started taking on investment as well. So, um, yeah, then once they obviously grew that side of the business, then, you know, they decided they're going to focus on breathing life into older buildings. It's very SME focused. Um, and this is what kind of transgresses into uh, the portfolio play that Zach's talking about. So um, that's his next business move that he's doing. Um, he wants to still focus on SME businesses um, and look at sort of scooping around, scooping up businesses of around 20 to 40K um, in terms of square footage. So those are the sort of buildings he's looking at as part of his new portfolio play. Um, so historically, they've been buying just single assets. But this new move is uh, to try and collate a few different um, assets in one big portfolio as part of a joint venture. Uh, and that will be uh, as part of his new investment platform. So it'll be a £250 million portfolio over the next 24 to 36 years. Um, and the idea is to have sort of 24 to 36 months, not years. That would be a very long time. Um, and that would be around eight to 12 um, different sites that they're looking at. Um, so, yeah, so this is going to be Zach's, uh, Zach's next move. Um, and it'll be really interesting because they're focusing on specific areas. So we're talking Marlebone, Fitzrovia, Clerkenwell and Farringdon, London Bridge, Mayfair. So, um, yeah, that's the big portfolio play that's happening. But it was it was a great interview. And it's just interesting talking about, you know, what London has to offer in terms of the stock that you see in London. Mm. When you're walking down the street, um, Zach said, you know, you just have to look up and you see 100 year old, 200 year old buildings. And uh, it's really interesting speaking to him about how you can bring those back to life and really look at, you know, showing the older buildings some love and and some of the that stock in London that needs a bit of you know bit of a helping hand I think that's going to be playing into a little bit with what something that Julia's working on uh, that uh, we, <laughs> we were talking about prior to this recording so I'm sure she'll find that very interesting but it, it all sounds very impressive but to be honest nothing will top the countdown thing for me uh, that <laughs> that is that is wow so uh, well done on that Zach uh, and if anyone else out there in real estate can can top that, or maybe you know, maybe they've won masterminds. Who knows? Uh, please do get in touch. I'm sure we'd love to hear, love Absolutely. to hear from more uh, real estate uh, TV Always. quizzes. 
Um, Julia, uh, of course, you've you've been uh, busy as well uh, this week, uh, and you've you've uh, been sharing some big news about Liverpool City Council. And um, that's right. Yes, there's there's um, so much going on there. It's really, really, really fascinating. This story just keeps sort of playing out and playing out. But hopefully, um, Liverpool City Council really is sort of turning um, turning a bit of a corner um, now um, in terms of making some um, really key uh, permanent appointments, which the um, will, will, should make a real difference for the for the property sector because um, it involves um, a new director for city development. That's Nula. Gallagher and a director of development, Sophie Bevan, and a d- development and major projects, I should say, and also um, a new chief executive, Andrew Lewis. Um, and they are all um, high caliber people with um, strong track records in local government. Um, so it's cause for optimism, I think, in the Liverpool market. Um, so I was talking to developers and, and consultants um, about um, what it what the sort of news means to them, what they hope it will lead on to in Liverpool, um, you know, talking about their frustrations with, with what's been happening there, a lot of sort of feeling that, that things have stalled in Liverpool relative to, to other cities. Um, and these hopefully these these permanent appointments um, will help move forward a lot of the um, really exciting development opportunities um, in Liverpool um, with the, the Littlewood site, um, Pall Mall, um, the um, uh, Festival Garden site as well. There are just so many that, uh, you know, sort of. Um, offer a lot of a lot of potential to move things forward in Liverpool. Um, so there's yeah there's a lot of hope there, but also concern um, you know that that there there's some way still to go in sort of sorting out the management um, at the council. There was a a, um, a new letter from government um, only published um, a few days ago, um, sort of acknowledging the latest report from the commissioners because. Let's not forget there are still a team, there's still a team of government commissioners um, in the council sort of overseeing um, the running of the council and the improvements that need to happen there. Um, and this sort of latest letter from government highlights that, you know, it's really not job done yet. There's still um, 18 months um, to go um, of, of um, work for the commissioners to oversee in terms of sort of improving the management um, of, of the council so yeah it's, a, it's an interesting one and there's going to be a very big Liverpool team I understand at Mipham so um, it'll be interesting to hear what they have to say sort of the, the current and some of these new appointees will be there as well so it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, absolutely and as someone who's married into a Liverpool family I, I look forward to seeing it all take shape uh, <laughs> over my uh, regular visits uh, to the fine city. Um, Julie, you've also uh, shared a bit of an urban planning lesson from even further afield uh, over in the Netherlands this week. Oh, yes, this was, yeah, this um, was an interesting one to work on. Um, it was all, it's all about Almere, um, which is uh, the youngest and greenest city in the Netherlands. Um, it's between Amsterdam and Utrecht. Um, and yeah, it only sort of got going in the 70s as a city. I think the first um, home there was built in 1976. So um, yeah, it's an incredibly young but fast growing city. So um, I spoke to um, Winnie Mass, who's the lead um, architect 
on the the latest sort of master plan there which takes it through to, to 2030 um so I, I spoke to him about some of the lessons that have been learned sort of um in uh, over the development of Almere and and sort of um future plans for the growth um, of the city. So it's, it's really interesting in terms of what they've done with transport, um, how they've uh, incorporated um, a, 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 the scope for adding a, a fast um, high speed sort of train link in the future. They've sort of prepared for that. And they've really tried to sort of preempt lots of things that this city's going to need. But at the same time, you know, he talks about the fact that you can't sort of can't um, prepare for everything. And, you know, we need to create cities that are um, able to adapt really to sort of changing needs so um, yeah it's an interesting one to look at for lessons um, for our own cities um, uh, about sort of sustainable development. And while we're casting our eyes overseas uh, many of our listeners I'm, I'm sure this Sunday morning will be busy prepping for their trip uh, to Cannes uh, for MIPIM and, and no exception to that uh, Shante uh, you're, you're going to be uh, travelling in less than 24 hours I from this Sunday it. morning uh, how is the packing going? <laughs> Don't ask <laughs> it's going great um, yeah probably should have started sooner sooner than today um, but it's always the way isn't it ends up being a, a last minute dash to pack everything um, um, I've been advised to take a coat and an umbrella um, mm -hmm. apparently it's, it, the, and sun cream as you, you never know <laughs> cover all the bases so, exactly and this is your your first time heading out to MIPIM it is my first MIPIM yeah I'm very excited very much looking forward to it and what are you what are you hoping to to gain from the experience oh lots of different things I've got some nice fun leads that I'll be chasing up which is always mm -hmm. good um and yeah and just meeting lots of new people I've got some good meetings booked in uh but I think it's a really great way to just network with people that you probably wouldn't get a chance to see as often especially because I'm primarily based in London um, mm. but I do cover offices across the UK so even just sitting down with people who I don't get to see who I've spoken to on the phone um, mm. up in Manchester or Liverpool or Edinburgh um, and just actually getting to put a face to the name which will be lovely. And uh, Julia you like I will be holding the fort uh, back here in, in the UK but uh, do you have any advice to <laughs> Pass on to Shante from your previous MIPIM experience. Yes, please, pearls of wisdom. <laughs> I think it might have got more serious since I was last there a few years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, in, enjoy it. Flat shoes, annoyingly, yeah. <laughs> flat shoes, no. Flat, some flat shoes. There's a lot of you do so much more walking than you expect to do. Um, but it's yeah, it's brilliant. The access that you have to people, as you know, is just is yeah, it's 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 brilliant. You you'll come back with tips that will last, <laughs> last you the rest of the year, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, we should at this point give a shout out to Adina David, uh, star of this week's EG Meets interview and founder of Ladies in Real Estate, uh, who has told us this week all about uh, Liar's WhatsApp group um, support network for women uh, attending MIPIM. So uh, Shante or, or anyone else listening, please do uh, find the details online or in the mag uh, and drop Adina a line if you'd like to be added to that group. Okay, should we very quickly round up the rest of the week's headlines with a, with a quick quiz? Yes, we shall do. I can, I can hear the enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, Julia, would you like to go first or second? Oh, uh, first, yes. Why not? Why not? Okay, 
Question one, plans are afoot for a 29 storey, 462 home development that would be the tallest resi tower in which London borough? Oh yes, um, Kensington. That is correct, Kensington, uh, with Maslow Capital having provided a four-year, £258 million development loan to Seven Capital and Mark to fund its delivery. Okay, Shante, which of the big firms has promoted 305 fee earners across the UK? Ooh. You spotted that uh, that new story this week. Um, I haven't. Do you want to hazard a guess? No, go on. Uh, was it Savills? It was Savills. She's pulled oh, it out of the bag. Well pulled done. Pulled that well from done. the depths of my memory somewhere. <laughs> that was good. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Savills, uh, receivers there have been appointed to the High Cross Shopping Centre in which city, Julia? Oh, yes. Uh, Leicester. Leicester. Correct. Good Correct. old High Two Cross. Out of two. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Uh, another shopping centre, the Peacock's Shopping Centre, has sold for around £20 million, Shante, under its guide price of £25 million. But where is that one? Oh, we've got a glum face. Shante's, yeah, I have Shante's. no idea. I concede. I have no Julia, idea. you've chosen wisely by going first. Uh, do yeah, you, would you have known lucky, where the... I can't remember. I would have. I would have. <laughs> uh, apologies to the people of Woking. Uh, oh, um, sorry, Woking. Woking. I'm sure your Peacock Shopping Centre is, is a fine destination. Uh, OK, so 2-1 to Julia going into the uh, missing word final round. So, Julia, your headline is C&R Chief Upbeat, blank, don't cry. C&R Chief <laughs> oh, Upbeat, blank, don't great cry. Great headline. That was, that was my favourite headline. It's Cowboys. How often do we have that in a headline? Never. Cowboys, Cowboys Don't Cry, which is possibly a... a, a, a a disappointingly um, testosterone fueled uh, view for a, <laughs> an edition on International Women's Day. But uh, yes, that's absolutely not true. Cowboys do cry, uh, listeners. But uh, uh, this is Lawrence Hutchins sharing some sage advice from a capital and regional shareholder. Uh, and this is uh, not his words, they're reported words from a capital and regional shareholder last year. OK, uh, Shante, to, to make yes. it a close run thing. Mayor backs London blank workshops. Mayor backs London blank workshops. School. It is school. There we go. Fine. <laughs> Three, two victory. Uh, everyone, uh, great work. Uh, so thank you, uh, Julia and Shante, for joining me to, to make this historic 100th episode so special. Uh, here's to 100 more beginning next week with hopefully uh, some insights from MIPIM. Uh, as for who will be sharing them, uh, your guess is as good as mine. So let's all find out by tuning in next time for another episode of EG Like Sunday Morning.